We're in the, the final week, wrapping up this very short three-week series on the, the why, what, and how of the church. We've already talked about the why and the what. We went through our mission two weeks ago. We talked about our vision last week. And today, we're going to get uh, very practical and discuss the how, and specifically how we fulfill the mission here and how you can be involved. Many, many of you are, and, and praise the Lord for that, uh, but I want to talk about how everyone can be involved today. And we're going to go ahead and start off this morning just in a word of prayer uh, before we get into our study and then and all that we have before us. Today will be a little bit of a different day than a normal um, Sunday morning service. You're going to hear from some other guys, and, and I'm not really preaching a message as much as I'm just talking about what we do and how we do it, how we're going to go about doing it from here. So let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer and then, then we'll get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today and, and uh, man, thank you for the time we have to just set aside and praise you in song and that's just a, uh, to set our hearts right and, and, and Lord, you are, as Wayne said, you are worthy of, of so much more than that, certainly, and, and, and much more than, than we give you through our voice and, and Lord, we're going to talk a lot about that today and just um, what you're worthy of and, and, um, and how we can be involved in it. So, Lord, I pray that, that you speak to us this morning. I pray that, that you challenge each and every one of us on, on, on our personal involvement uh, in your mission of making disciples around this world. And, and so, Lord, we're um, excited. I'm excited for what's in front of us. And, Lord, I pray that, that you use it in the life of this church and in the life of everyone here. I pray that everything said is true to your word. I pray that it's honoring and glorifying to you. And Lord, I do ask you to speak to us. We love you, uh, we thank you, and we ask all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, so I've used the example of, of this funnel for these last three weeks. And we started with the big picture and, and saw the why, the, the mission that God gave us. And it's, it's very straightforward. It's very easy. God told us very clearly uh, why we're here and why we exist on this earth. And we exist to glorify him. And we do that through worship. And, and we worship him most fully today by making disciples. We saw that in Matthew 28. And then we, we come down last week a little bit narrower on the vision because making disciples encompasses a lot of different things. And there's a lot involved in that. And so we talked about our vision and, and we looked, went through those E words, right? And, and how we exalt his word. It starts there. What, how we view God's word is the basis for everything we do. But then we need to be involved in edification of each other, in, in church and in ministry and in, in building each other up. We need to be equipped and prepared for the work that God has for us. And then we need to evangelize the world because that's what he's told us to do. And so today we, we're, we're at the narrowest part of the funnel and we're going to address our strategy here at First Baptist Church. Our strategy of fulfilling our mission of worshiping God <clears throat> by making disciples. And we make disciples through that vision of exalting his word, edifying his body, equipping you to labor through his power to evangelize the world. And in, and in some ways, man, I, I look at that and I think about all that and it's such a daunting task. And yet it's the task that God has given us to do. So who are we to say that we can't do it or we don't know how to do it or that we'd rather do something else? You see, I think that's really the main problem I see in the church today, that people living their quote-unquote Christian life on their own terms, and, the, and churches doing the same. I mean, God gave us the mission. Like, we, we don't have to create a, a, a mission or, for our church. God told us what it was. We just have to do it. And so you have individuals living their Christian life on their own terms, you have churches setting up missions that have nothing to do with what God told us to do. And so they're spiritual, but not godly. And they're religious, but not holy. And they believe in God, and they pick and choose how that plays out and what that means in their life. Which, unfortunately, usually does not involve making disciples. Through exalting his word, and edifying his body, and being equipped for the work that God gave us to do. So what we have today is a very consumer-friendly and consumer-focused Christianity. And people show up and, and, and churches provide this environment. Where they show up when it's convenient. They aren't really a part of doing the work. And like I said, 
Churches pick their own missions, and a lot of times it's a social gospel-oriented mission. It's not what God's given us to do. And I don't want us to be that church. I don't want you to be that type of Christian. So we all must know very clearly what we are to do, why we do it, and how we go about doing it. And I know that that is on me to communicate all of that. And that's what this series is all about. I'm, I'm well aware of and honestly a little petrified of Proverbs 29:18. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And again, that, that just can't be us. It just can't be. We can't perish because we're wandering around, not knowing where to go, not knowing how to get there. So we have a plan. And our plan is based on the vision we've been given on how to complete God's mission. And I want you to know it. In fact, I want you to know it so much that we made stickers for you. Right, you should have got one of those when you came in this morning. Um, they were passing them out at the doorways with, with the bulletins. And if, if you didn't get a sticker, I'm sure they'll be available at the back, at the end of the service, or at the information booth. Uh, we have extras there. But we're rolling out, you know, it's, it's nothing new, but it's sort of a new, you know, vision statement this morning. It's the same vision. It's the same mission. But, but we're wording it a little differently based on where we've been these past two Sundays. So our, so our new vision statement is this. This is why First Baptist Church exists. We exist to worship God by making disciples who exalt his word, edify his body, and are equipped to evangelize the world. That's what we're here to do. And it's not flashy. I, I'm not even trying to, to, to be cute. I'm, I'm trying to be clear based on what I've laid out biblically these last two weeks. And we made the sticker so that you can put them on the inside cover of your Bible or your prayer journal or wherever makes the most sense for you to be able to see it regularly so that we're all consistently reminded of why we are here and what it is our life is to be about and again, this morning, we're going to talk about the specifics of how we do that here. But to set the stage, we're going to get there in a second, but to set the stage for where we're going this morning, I, I do want to read a couple of verses out of Habakkuk chapter 2. This will be very familiar with many of you. I'm going to pull out a couple of principles. So if you have your Bibles with you and you're not already there, I invite you to turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2. It's near the end of your Old Testament. And we're going to be focusing on, on verse 2 of Habakkuk chapter 2. Just to give you a little bit of context, Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets, considered a minor prophet. And the minor prophets, those were the primary guys who were warning and instructing Israel shortly before, during, and after their time of exile. We've, we've talked about that when we study the book of Nehemiah. And, and most of those books are loaded with prophecy, and Habakkuk is no exception. And from a doctrinal standpoint, the, the book of Habakkuk is mainly focused on the second coming of Christ at the end of the tribulation. It was Habakkuk's great desire to see Israel restored, and, and God wasn't answering that prayer in real time for him, but he will answer it at the second coming. All Israel shall be saved, as Romans eleven twenty six tells us. So as we talk a lot around here, this book, Habakkuk, wasn't written to us directly like the Paul's epistles are. It was written to the Jews, but it's certainly written for us like all of the Bible is. And when we get to chapter 2 of Habakkuk, we see that Habakkuk views himself as a watchman for Israel. Look at, at chapter 1, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower. And will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am approved. He was burdened by all that was happening to Israel. He, that's where he starts in chapter 1. Even though he was well aware that it was their own doing, it was of their own doing. But he was burdened and he was watching and he's waiting to hear from the Lord on what to do. And what he hears from the Lord in verse 2 gives us some great practical guidance and what we're talking about in this series, and specifically what we're trying to do today. And again, I'm sure many of you are aware of this verse. But here's what God told him, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain upon the tables, that he may run that readeth it. 
And God goes on to explain the vision. And again, prophetically and doctrinally, the vision points to the end. You see that in in Habakkuk 2 verse 4, which in Scripture, that phrase, the end, nearly always is talking about the end of the tribulation or the second coming of Christ when when he literally comes back to this earth. And that's what God's vision was for Israel and, and their, their salvation at his second coming. But he has a vision for us as well. And this verse gives some clear instruction on how we are to strategically live according to the vision we've been given. Again, we talked about the vision, this, the details of that last week. So if you weren't here and you missed that, you can go back and, and listen to that. Or you, can, or you can refer to your sticker. That's a pretty good summary of what we talked about last week. But when it comes to a vision, there are three elements that that need to be in place for it to be effective. And we get that from this verse, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. So first of all, and most importantly, our vision needs to be authoritative. That means it needs to come from God. And not made up by me, and not made up by you or anyone else. That's where Habakkuk 2 2 starts. And he was waiting on the Lord to tell him what to do. And he says, and the Lord answered me and said. You see, he was waiting. He was waiting as that watchman. Which tells me that God speaks to us as we are engaged. He leads us after we've joined the fight. You know, I have people come up to me a lot and say, you know, man, I... I'd like to be involved. I just, I just don't, I don't know what to do. You know, I don't know where to start. I don't, I don't know any of that. And my answer is always just do something. Do, start somewhere. There's, there's plenty of opportunities to start and jump in. Jump in somewhere. And, and after you're already in the game, so to speak, then God will direct you from there. It's way easier to steer a car that's moving than one that's idling in the driveway. So don't just come on Sundays and idle in our proverbial driveway. Get involved. Somewhere, start somewhere. I'm jumping ahead. We're going to get to that. The point is, this is your next blank, the vision we have must come from the Lord. It was the Lord that answered Habakkuk, gave him the vision, not a friend, not another prophet, not himself. It was the Lord. And our vision also needs to come from the Lord, which for us means... It's got to come from this book. And that's what I took the time to show you last week. Our vision is to exalt his word, to edify his body, to equip believers for the work, and then go evangelize all over the world. That is our vision. And it's our vision because it's biblical. And and just as a point of reference, when I went through it last week, we looked at 23 different Bible passages that, that... included 38 individual Bible verses, not counting our primary passage of 16 Bible verses in John chapter 17. And I just say that to tell you I didn't make it up. I got it from the Bible. And I believe that with all my heart as the watchman here, that this is what God wants us to do. So the vision, it has to be authoritative. It has to come from our final and only authority of God's word. And then second, it also needs to be apparent. That's your second blank there. It needs to be authoritative. It has to come from the Lord. It needs to be apparent. And here's, here's all that means. It means it needs to be clear. It needs to be clear. Or as the Lord told Habakkuk, it needs to be written and it needs to be plain. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision And make it plain upon the tables. So we wrote our vision down for you. And it's it's not on a table, but it's on a sticker. Because I want you to know it. And I want you to remember it. I want it to be clear and plain and apparent. I mean, memorize it. So that we can talk about it all the time. Because we always need to be focused on this. It's so easy to get caught up in things that are good things. They're just not the main thing. They're not the mission that God's given us. And we want to stay focused on where God is leading us. And again, it's not necessarily cute. That wasn't my goal. I wanted it to be clear. I get it that it alliterates a little bit. 
but that wasn't even my focus. I wanted it to be plain. That's how Paul wanted his communication to be, to let the hope of God's word speak for itself. In 2 Corinthians 3.12, he says, Seeing then that we have such hope from God's word, we use great plainness of speech. And he was apparent, he was direct with the Corinthians. And, and, and listen, I, I, I'm not always good at it, but that's how I always try to be. As direct and as plain and just give you God's word and let the chips fall where they may. I don't, I don't try to sugarcoat things, but I'm also not trying to be harsh for the sake of being harsh. Some of the things I might say today may sound harsh. To the best of my ability, I just give you God's word as the way I see it as clearly as I can. And God's word has different types of messages. And the truth is many are harsh. But not all of them. There's great hope in living the life that God has called us to live. And the hope is him. We sang about it. He is our living hope. And that hope we have of seeing him one day and standing before him. But here's the thing. We need to be able to stand before him unashamed. So the vision has to be at the center of our life. It needs to be authoritative. Come directly from God's word. It needs to be apparent or very clear. And then third, it also needs to be actionable. You need to be able to do something with it. And what the Lord tells Habakkuk here is you need to be able to run with the vision. And that's that blank. You need to be able to run with the vision. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. You see, it doesn't do any of us any good if the vision is just words, even if they are on a sticker, but no one really knows how to fulfill it or knows what it means or not sure what to do with it. And that brings us to our strategy, how we make the vision actionable so that we fulfill the mission that God has given us. Again, just to summarize it, we are to bring him glory with our life. That is our reason for existence. We are made to worship him. And we do that most fully today as we make disciples. That's what he's asked us to do in this dispensation. But making disciples is quite the task. It involves a lot, all that we talked about last week. So how do we do it here? And how we do it here is through what we call our path of growth. And our path of growth is something that we talk about with some regularity. But I want you to see it maybe even in a little bit different light this morning. I, I want you to see it certainly not as something for others. And I don't, I don't even want you to see it as something only for the guys who, who we're sending out as pastors and missionaries. I want you to see it as something for you. Because it involves everything we do. So it is for everybody, including you. And I'm going to show that to you as we go along. So, so let me explain. I'm going to explain it to you, and then we'll go back and break it down. Now, many of you are very, very familiar with our path of growth. Others of you have, have, have heard it, but you don't know exactly what it means. And then still others, maybe you're hearing it for the very first time. Maybe you're new to our church you're hearing it for the very first time. Whatever group you're in, it doesn't matter. I want you to listen closely and digest all that I'm saying so that you can run with the vision that God has given us. All right, so I'm going to run through it real quickly, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to break it down and, and, and frame it maybe even in ways that you haven't heard before. So our path of growth begins with attend, and, and we define that quite simply. It, it involves attending our church. You come be a part of our Sunday services, so congratulations, you've made it to step one. Thank you for being here. But it doesn't stop here, and it includes more than our Sunday morning service. We also want you to be a part of one of our life groups, because we view that as, as so important to everything that we do and connecting yourself to this body. So we connect corporately on, on Sunday mornings, and then we also connect in, in a small group on Wednesday evenings. We're going to talk all about the details of this in a second. So that's attend. Then next, learn. You see, we don't only want you to attend, we want you to attempt. We want you to be able to be involved, but you have to know some things to be involved. You have to learn some things. We want you to learn the Bible. 
through our personal discipleship, through these 18 lessons where we hook you up one-on-one with somebody to just walk you through the Christian life. And, and those lessons are just a tool. It's the sharing of life that's the key in that. We want you to come to our 9 o'clock training hour. And if I do, I promise you, you'll begin to learn what God has to say in his word about you, about your life, about your place in his mission. Then third, we want you to engage. And, and from an education standpoint, this involves our ministry tools and training that just started a couple weeks ago. It's advanced discipleship training. It di- involves discipling others. And that, those classes teach you how to be a minister so you can be effective in your involvement in ministry. And we would love everybody to go through this step because you can fulfill the mission to worship God by making disciples who exalt his word, edify his body, and are equipped to evangelize the world. And then fourth, some of you need to take that next step and lead. our, Our last step in biblical training includes our Living Faith Bible Institute. But even more than that, these are the folks who are living what they're learning and going to LFBI doesn't guarantee anything, and it doesn't even guarantee you anything in this church. But as we see you living what you're learning and God growing you, you know, those are the guys that we want leading ministries and leading life groups and leading new churches. There's no greater example of that than Kale Horvath, who's with us today, who has spent the last two years in Hungary and be going back after the first of the year and planning a church. How exciting is that? That is so incredible. And, and, and Kale, you're going to hear from Kale next Sunday. Uh, he's going to be preaching to us next Sunday. But those of you who know Kale, he'll tell you it's just this path. It was just his faithfulness that led him to where he is today. And God using him in the way he's using him. So all that, everything that I went through, that's, that's nothing new if you've been around here very long at all. But, but let me put maybe a new wrinkle on it and, and apply it in a few different areas. And this is important for, for how we're moving forward in everything we do. So when it comes to attend, here's what that means. That means we need your presence. We need your presence. The Bible tells us that we are a body. Each of us has a distinct role to play based on the gifting we have from the Holy Spirit. So we all are gifted by the Holy Spirit with spiritual gifts at the point we get saved. We teach you about this in our ministry tools and training. And we have gifting, and that gifting is not just for you. It's for the body. And it's for the edifying of the body. So if you're not here, we all miss out. But mostly, you miss out. You miss out on what God's doing. And this piece, this simple piece of of attending gets to priority. Is God and the Word of God a priority in your life? And, and listen to, to what I'm about to say next. Do you attend unto and upon the Lord? Because there's an interesting verse that Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, which is a very interesting chapter, but we're not going to take the time to go through all that. But, but in, the, in this the context of marriage and singleness and all this, listen to what this verse, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7.35. He says, this I speak for your own profit. Not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. And when it comes to your attendance at this church, and, 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 and actually where this starts is daily attendance before the Lord. That's where this starts. Attend doesn't even start where you're at in the, in the seat. It starts with your daily attendance with the Lord. And so the, the biggest hindrance to your attendance with the Lord and your attendance here is undoubtedly distraction. For most of you, when you're not here and when your attendance wavers, it's because you're distracted by this world. Now, Listen, 
There's no such thing as a perfect attendance prize at church. And, and I'm not trying to get to that. I understand liberty and I, versus legalism. And everyone absolutely should take a vacation now and then if you're able. And, and, and some of you have to work. And schedules are difficult to manage. And you have assignments. And you have to be out of town. And, and some people have health issues and are unable to attend. And, and if you're sick or you don't feel good, you should stay home. I'm not talking about any of that. Truly, don't feel bad about any of that. I, and, and, and I am not, I promise, that you're gonna, some of you are going to disagree with me. You're going to think I'm lying. I'm not lying. Before the Lord. I'm not even trying to put you on a guilt trip. I don't want to manipulate anybody. I just want to be honest with you. And here is the honest truth. This world and the things of this world keep too many believers away from their time with the Lord and away from this church. That is just the truth. And that is time that is crucial toward making disciples. Don't think that it's a coincidence that children's sports are now played on Sunday mornings. And I know a lot occur on Wednesday nights. I get it. During the same time as our life groups, including Extreme and Ignite. And again, listen, I'm not telling you what to do with your family. I promise you that I'm not. But I am asking you officially today to make your attendance a priority. I'm asking you to make your daily, first of all, your daily attendance with the Lord. Make it a priority. And then make your attendance here a priority in your life because I know it will benefit you. I know it will benefit your family and I know it will benefit us. But you have to work it all out. And you've got to ask yourself what it is that, that is actually your priorities. And if you have kids, what you want to teach them about priorities and about serving and loving the Lord. But I think you should be here as much as possible. And, and let me tell you, Wednesday nights are huge. And they're so important and you feeling connected. I, I told you two weeks ago how special this place is to me, how much encouragement and edification I received just from being around all of you. But I also told you then that I know that not everyone feels that way. That's not everybody's experience. And I know people don't feel at home or, or they don't care as much to be here. And listen, you get to make the decisions you make. I, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt you into anything. But, I, but I, if, if you don't feel the same feeling I have, I hate it for you because I want you to feel it. But there are steps that you just have to take. And if you're, if you're not willing to come be a part of what we're doing, including on Wednesday nights, then you're always going to feel disconnected at a certain level. So I want you to hear what we're doing and why you should be here. So here's what's coming up on Sunday mornings. Next Sunday, you're going to hear from Cale Horvath. So Cale's back. We're excited about that. And he's, he's going to have the whole Sunday to preach to us and just, just to give you an update on, on him and his family. And, and we're going to, he's going to open up God's word, and we're going to hear from Cale. You should be here for that. Don't miss that. As our family, this is our missionary who we are holding the rope for. Show love to him and show love to each other by being here and listening to Kale and worshiping together and, and, and thanking the Lord for all he's doing. The Sunday after that begins our certainty conference. I've already told you. I've already gave you the pitch. I want you to be here for that. I want you to be here every night if you can, in the mornings if you can. And I get it. You, most people have to work. And I, again, don't feel guilty. Don't understand that. You, I, you probably can't be here every night. Okay, it's okay. But, but, but if you're not here because of legitimate reasons, well, yeah, man, that's one thing. If you're not here because, you know, you, listen, I promise you, I love football just as much as you do. I don't care who's, I think the Chiefs play Sunday night. I don't care. I'm going to be here. Not just because I'm paid to be here, because I want to be here. <laughs> so it just, it just gets to your reasoning and your priority. I just know how good it'll be for you. And then after that, on Sundays, after Certainty Conference through the end of the year, I'm going to be preaching a series titled Family Portraits. And, and it's, we're going to start 
in Genesis, and we're gonna we're gonna end with Jesus at Christmas time, and we're just gonna take some families, um, and we're gonna look at the pictures in those families. So it'll be a family-oriented series, but it will be applicable to everybody. I promise you. If you're single, if if your family, if you're older, and and don't quite have the family that you once did, please don't worry. I promise. It'll be applicable to you. It'll be applicable to everybody. So that'll be the the Sundays that we'll be doing. Um, I also want you to hear what we're doing on Wednesday nights. And I want you to hear that from our life group leaders. So I want all the life group leaders to come up now. And you're going to hear from them. And and if you don't know them, you're going to get to meet them. And they're going to introduce themselves to you. And they're going to walk through kind of what they're doing on Wednesday nights now. And... and, um, and they're going to invite you to come. So if you don't have, if you're a part of a life group, man, praise the Lord. Keep going. Keep supporting them. If you're not part of a life group, I want you to take these next, you know, 10, 15 minutes, however long we have here. And I want you to listen intently to these guys and their hearts and figure out which one you're going to show up to. Right, we're going to start. We're going to start with Joel. All right. Good morning. My name is Joel Herman and uh, myself, along with my wife, Christy and our awesome team of uh, leaders, which is the Lintz, the Gops, LT, and Tanya. Uh, we serve in the Extreme Middle School, which is for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade students. And uh, I was just thinking, I really feel out of my element this morning, mostly because I don't have any candy to throw out to you guys. So uh, that is one of the things that we do there. We do have a lot of sugar. Um, <laughs> but uh, every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8, we meet in that corner of the building over there, uh, upstairs. And uh, we have typical Wednesday night, we have games, we have a lesson, and then we break into smaller groups for discussion. Um, We're currently doing a little series called After God's Heart, and it's a study of the life of David. Um, Some of the big events throughout the year, in March every year we have a rally, which is an overnighter here at the church. And in June, we have summer camp and a lot of other activities throughout the year too. So if you're a middle schooler in this room and you're not currently coming on Wednesday nights to Extreme, I want to invite you to come. Uh, If you have a middle schooler, bring them. I'd love the chance to meet them and uh, experience what we do. Thank you. Hi, uh, my name is Josh Irvin. I'm the youth pastor here, and I'm in charge of Ignite, which is usually over here with all the uh, young people. And so our our life group is just for high schoolers, freshmen to, to seniors, and we meet every Wednesday from about 6.30 to 8, 8.15, depends on how long I talk. But, um, and so we also have an amazing group of counselors, which I'm not going to name off the top of my head because I might forget one. But, um, and we have great counselors who love on your kids, who pray for your kids. And so and I want to encourage you to come. In our series right now, we just started a series on spiritual warfare. And so we just talked about uh, knowing your enemy, and we're going to continue to talk about how our enemy attack our teens. And then we're going to talk about how to get victory over that. And so, and if you're in high school, let me encourage you to come. And if you're, you're a parent of a high schooler, get your kids there. Because in case you don't know, our enemy is attacking our kids. And they need to know how to fight. And they need to know what's coming. And so that's kind of what we're doing. And so we usually hang out from 6.30 to 7. Uh, we, we have icebreakers. We do some worship. And then I talk. And so let me encourage you just uh, to get your kids here. If you're a high schooler, we'd love to come. Um, we have, like I said, we have awesome counselors who are really cool, and we have some really cool kids and some really not cool. I'm just kidding. Uh, we, have, we have awesome kids in Ignite, so uh, j- just come and hang out with us. Yeah, I'm Corey Vansickle. I'm the young adults pastor here at First Baptist Church, and I lead The Well, which is our college and young adult group, um, along with my wife, Trisha. That group's led by Mike and Christy Warner, Nick and Sarah Roth, Zach and Rachel Tiber, and recently Cody and Taylor Meese. Um, so we got a great team. We got a great group of young adults, who, most of which who sit right here in the middle. But at this point, they're, they're adults, and most of them can beat me up. So they kind of sit wherever they want on Sundays. Um, so we try to corral them for you, but it doesn't always work. Uh, we've been working our way through Second Timothy this summer. We've been doing something a little different than we normally do throughout the year. I've had um, something like 12 or 13 Uh, younger guys teach a devotion and then we break up into small groups and discuss what we went through uh, just to give them a chance to experience what it's like to prepare a devotion and and, and 
preach it to other people. And so that's exciting. That'll be coming to an end in a couple weeks after the Certainty Conference. We got a cool series coming up, which I haven't even told you guys about yet, but I'm having all the, the, the pastors of our church, all six of them, come in on a separate week to, to give us kind of their testimony of how they got into ministry and stuff like that. It's called Know Your Pastor, so we're pretty excited about that. And now you guys can be too, um, so that'll be good. Um, but no, we, we, we'd love to have you if you're if you're interested in being part of a community like that, like I said, anywhere from 18 to 29 normally. Um, not everybody's single. There are some married folks, though most people are single, um, because once you start a family, you kind of move on to Brenton, and, and that's, that's sort of how that is. Thanks for the intro. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so my name is Brenton Bonanno, and along with my wife, Christina, and also um, Steve and Aaron Rothel, we lead the Family Life Life Group. Um, and by the title, you could tell it's all about families um, and life with families. Uh, and that is, um, you know, a family is a married couple with no kids, single parents, uh, parents with young kids. Um, it is focused mostly with, uh, like, ele elementary age kids. Um, but we, uh, as Josh was saying, you know, the attack on our kids, uh, our, my heart is the families, because in order for us to have good kids, we have to have good moms and dads. We have to have good families. Um, and so we are actually going to be starting a study um, right after the Certainty Conference, and it's called Biblical Home Improvement. Um, we did this study many years ago in this church. I would have probably been, um, I don't know, sophomore in high school, so uh, I probably didn't pay attention the way I should have uh, back then, preparing myself for now, but uh, just going back and just listening to a lot of the stuff that, that we went over, uh, the importance of, again, just the family dynamic and how God, or excuse me, God is not attacking it, the world and Satan uh, are just attacking the families, uh, especially in this day and age, and he's going to continue to do that because of the picture uh, that the family is supposed to represent. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be starting that um, after Certainty. Uh, along with the bridge, we're going to collaborate with them to do this um, this study, and so we're pretty excited about that. So yeah, if you're in this room and um, single parent, young married couple, uh, young kids, whatever, it doesn't matter. We uh, we accept all of you, and so uh, if you want to want to join us on Wednesday nights, we used to meet in the barn. Now we meet up here. I don't remember the room two ten. We're room two ten. Jeff's old room. That's why he knew that. So. And, uh, yeah, so here's, here's Wayne. So I'm Wayne Steed. Uh, a lot of you guys see me every Sunday, so I probably don't need much introduction. Um, and Andy, I thought, was hiding up there in the booth. Oh, there he is, all the way at the top. He's usually serving running around here, so he thought it'd be easier if I talked at you guys. So I drew the short straw. Um, but, anyway, we lead, it, we lead the bridge, and our life group is... Uh, what comes after young children, and it's geared toward, we want to bridge the, the gap of adolescence and help parents uh, navigate that, and I think if you hang on the help parents part, it'll make you want to come, because we all need help, um, and so uh, for sure, we want to welcome everybody, so even if you don't fall into that uh, category, but you want to check a life group out, you're welcome to come visit us as well. Um, for this first month uh, of this semester, as we're starting back up after summer, we're just picking up currently where we left off last year, which we were going through a series on evangelism, uh, which is really around uh, understanding what other people believe, their belief systems, and how can we get into their life, understand where they're coming from, uh, be able to listen to them, and just have conversations with them, and hopefully eventually reach them. So uh, we're excited about finishing that up, and then uh, we're going to be jumping in, as Brenton mentioned, to uh, a series about biblical home improvement. So that'll be exciting. Uh, we don't quite know how that's going to flow yet, but I think it'll be great, um, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, and, you know, as a parent, I don't think you could ever be too prepared uh, for leading your family uh, and understanding how God wants you to lead it. And so if you want to come and have some fellowship around God's word and meet some people, uh, we would love to have you guys come join us. Well, hi, my name's Jeff Gibbs. I uh, lead the Open Door Life Group. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Mom. Oh, no, that, that was Jared, sorry. Um, no, I, uh, so Open Door, man, we're, we're, just, uh, we're just a group that loves to serve. And, um, you know, our, our desire to serve is kind of twofold. Uh, the first being, 
uh, we have a desire to to serve those that are in need within the local body, which is First Baptist Church, and and the other uh, desire for to serve is to to serve those in need in outside in the community, and we want to use that desire to serve as an open door. See what I did there? <laughs> to 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 be able to give the gospel to to people that desperately need it, and so. Um, Starting this Wednesday in Open Door, we're going to start into a study which is going to last probably throughout the rest of the year on biblical servanthood, uh, what, what it looks like to be a servant and, and what God's word has to say about serving. And so if that interests you, uh, I would like to uh, leave you with, uh, with this uh, invitation. So um, part of our vision statement is, says, are you ready to build relationships with other believers and learn more about God's incredible, incredible plan for your life? Are you ready to roll up your sleeves and use your talents and abilities to glorify God and to serve uh, your church family and the surrounding community? If so, come join us Wednesday nights at 6.30 in room 114, which is down here on the end, um, as we uh, connect, edify one another, and actively seek the Lord for open doors that we may be used to glorify him and to serve those around us. And so no matter uh, your age or stage of life, everybody's welcome and open door so um I, I look forward to it we'd love to have you guys stop in we're down here like I said room 114 hello i'm uh, rick selhammer and i coach the halftime life group uh we are the uh empty nest group at the church uh so whether you're still working retired or just tired uh, our group <laughs> We meet down at the end of the hallway across from the gym in room 110. And um, our group this year is uh, starting off the year basically going over what exactly what Troy is teaching on Sunday morning. We're talking about uh, victory and uh, John 17:4, uh, finishing the work that God has given us to do. And so we want to encourage our people to finish strong as we are all in the second half and working toward that finish line. Why, why, I want to use the pulpit. I feel, I feel much more anointed than... No, uh, last but not least, we are the Joy Class, uh, and that name has kind of evolved over the years. Um, Nehemiah, last part of Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. But I uh, always get a little bit concerned. We have our cards, too. It won't cost you anything. Um, uh, the church was kind enough to provide it for us. But the one thing that bothered me a little bit on here, the back it talks about, have you been retired? And, and that word kind of bothers me. Uh, I don't necessarily like the word retired. I like the term reassigned. I think we are reassigned uh, adults. Um, many of you have gone through life. You've had a career, you reach that edge of that pinnacle, uh, you get your, your plaque or your uh, watch or get booted out one or the other, <laughs> and, and you get to that point, and then you just kind of want to drift into the sunset. Uh, we don't want that. We don't want that, you know. This can be a time of reassignment, a time that we can be of active. Uh, as a number of others mentioned, we want to be, we want to finish strong, and a number of times, we have mentioned that in class, even though we're older, we don't want to drift into that sunset. We want to fetish strong, doing what he would have us to do. Um, everyone is invited to our class. Um, you don't even have to be a member of our church to come to our class. You don't have to be a member of the joy class to come to our class. Um, and we, from time to time, even have a canine that's attend our class. So you're all welcome. Um, we started approximately um, 9.30 over here in the Good Shepherd's Room on Wednesday morning. Uh, 9.30 in the Good Shepherd's Room on Wednesday morning. And we, we meet in the morning. Some of us, as we get a little older, perhaps can't see to drive as well at night. So we meet in the morning so you can get here. Uh, some of you, as we get older, can't hear as well. So we also have two microphones in there. We'll try to take care of that. Um, so we would love to invite you, uh, come and have a good time, okay? We start out with uh, 
well, I, I, I won't say that. Our usuals generally have a time of prayer or praise because we think that's what, what the Lord would have us to do. Start out with praise, have a time of prayer, and uh, we have our prayer list that we make out for the week. And it's not necessarily for that morning because if we went down through that entire list, we would not have time to finish, okay? So uh, but we give you a list that you can work on for your daily devotion um, that morning. Um, but we do want to finish strong, okay? We want to invite you. Um, I just kind of a close um, with this verse, uh, Psalm 71, 18. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forget me not until I have shown thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. So we invite you, God bless you, and uh, stay involved. Amen. Give, give these guys a quick hand. You guys could, you guys could be. So that's such a, a key thing and a key part of what we do and how you get incorporated and connected in this church. So I encourage you to attend, to be a part, and to come out to one of our life groups. Attend upon the Lord through this church without distraction. Because listen, when you do, you exalt the Lord. Not only, like we have, I connected those E words, you know, with each step of the path of growth. Now there's, they all line up. We edify each other and, and, and all of it. But you exalt the Lord as you attend upon him and place him the priority and you exalt his word doing the same. When you place it in the proper position, it deserves in your life. So attend. And then the second piece to our path of growth is learn. Here's what that means. It means we need your preparation. So we need your presence, but we need your preparation. You know, so you, you've probably heard it said before, a call to ministry is a call to preparation. And it's, when's the time to get prepared? That time's now. So that God can use you whenever you are prepared. And, and, and our mission and our vision is to be ascending church. And, and I've, the last two weeks I've asked you, who's going to be the next Kale Horvath? Who's going to be the next Matt Brocker? And we want to prepare you and we want to prepare people to send out, to start new works and reproduce ourselves all over the world. But I also want you to think of it this way, because maybe that's not you, right? Maybe God doesn't have it in his plans for you to be a pastor or a missionary, and I, I hope he does for some of you. But if not, that's okay. I realize that's not for everything. But what you need to, to learn is learn where God wants to take you. Learn how it is that the Lord wants you to serve him. Learn your gifting. How has God gifted you? Learn that and then find a way to put it in place. What are you good at? What do you enjoy? Where can you minister through the gifts that God's given you? You know, one of the things, a part of the learn is our 9 a.m. training hour. And when we come through, we're doing our how to pray um, time right now. And, and we're taking time to devote to just teaching you how to develop a personal prayer life. And that's going to go through the holidays. In the beginning and the first of the year, we're going to do something a, a little bit different. We're going to take the entire year of 2023 and our 9 a.m. training hour is going to be a Bible survey class that Jeff is going to lead. And he's going to use some other people to teach that's, that's been through LFBI. But we're going to take the entire year and we're going to work our way through the Bible just giving you an overview. Giving you a survey at 9 a.m. so you can learn the key handles to the Bible. In conjunction to that, we're, we're going to do a Bible reading program together that, that'll work us through the Bible through the year also. Uh, many of you do that. Um, if that's great. If you have your own, that's fine. But if you don't, we'll have a Bible reading program that will kind of go along with some of the books that we're teaching and everything won't line up perfectly, but, but we'll be doing that together. And, and, and as you read and as you spend time with the Lord, you're just going to learn what he has for you. We're also, we don't have all the details worked out. We actually don't have any of the details worked out. Um, <laughs> But we have, uh, we have ideas, different ideas for 9 a.m. training hour, doing some really hands-on. We have a, an awareness team, for example, that needs to do training every now and then. And we're going to incorporate that in into our 9 a.m. If there's certain ministry things, certain service things, we're going to work in. 9 a.m. is going to be training, not only Bible teaching training, but some very practical 
hands-on training as well, for, even for service type of ministry. So what is it that God has for you? What is it that you can do? What is it that you can enjoy? Commit to being involved and learning what you need to learn so that you can put it in place. And that just gets back to starting somewhere. God can move you. Once you're already moving, right? I used that verse a couple weeks ago, Genesis 47, 6, to where Pharaoh is looking for some men of activity. And that's what we're looking for. That's what God's always looking for in us, to be people that's willing to be active, willing to start, willing to be involved. We can teach you what you need to be then, what you need to be successful in what God is calling you to do and calling where he's calling you to be a part of in this church. That's our role as pastors. And when you learn what you need to learn, you're being equipped for the work. You're being equipped. So we exalt the Lord as we attend. We are being equipped for the work as we learn. And then that brings us to engage. Because here's what we mean by engage. We need your participation. We need your participation in the work of the Lord. We need you to be involved here using the gifts that God's given you because you have a spot. There is a place here for you to serve and to minister. There are all sorts of areas that you can serve and all sorts of areas um, where we could use people resources. But but just because of time and because of a particular area of need, I want to highlight one right now. And that's our children's ministry. You know, who you heard from all of the life group leaders. Who you didn't hear from is Craig Warner, who leads our children's ministry. And if he would have been up here, he would have been, you know, telling you, hey, we need a little bit of help right now. Um, and that's a plea you might expect to hear from Craig because that's his area of pastoral care. But I want you to know that the work we do in investing the word of God into the lives of our kids is maybe the most important thing we do here at this church. And we need some help. We've lost some people lately. Some have moved on to other ministry opportunities. And that's all great. That's how this thing is supposed to work. But we need to replace what we've lost. And that's such an important thing. And it also includes just giving a place where new families can drop off their kids and trust that they're going to be well taken care of. And then they can come into this room be ministered to by the Word of God. And what an opportunity that is. And I know that sometimes, you know, kids can be tough to work with. But I also know the Bible's pretty clear on how Jesus felt about children. You can, we won't take the time to read it, but Matthew 18, verses 1 through 6, you, know, you, can, you can see Jesus' love for the children. Those are pretty strong verses. God said in, in Psalm 127, verses, it's not just Jesus while he was on this earth. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5 says, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And so I'm asking for your help in this area. And God can use you. And if you think God's leading you that, just write it down on the connection card. And and we'll get in touch with you. And we can use help. We have some need. And our children are lacking the leaders that, that they need. And guess what? When you are participating in the work of the Lord through this church, whether it be in children's ministry or wherever, You're edifying this body because we are stronger together. We're better with you as a part, and your involvement helps to build up other believers in the walk with the Lord. And in that way, you can lead. And for leading, we need your passion. We need your passion. We need your excitement around what God is doing in and through you. And we obviously need people to lead ministries and lead life groups and lead new church plants and lead events. We need people for those specific roles, but everyone can lead someone. Why don't you commit to leading another person into a relationship with the Lord? Lead another person into this church. Lead another person through personal discipleship. Lead another person into involvement in ministry with you. And when you lead, when you lead another person into a relationship with the Lord or lead them in their relationship with God, you're part of evangelizing the world. And the path of growth is how we make our vision actionable. See, the path of growth, every step of it is for you. But listen, it's not only for you here in the confines and context of this church. It's for you in every aspect of your life. I want you to apply the path of growth to every area 
of your life. And here's what I mean by that. So, so take your home, for example. And let me apply this example to the fathers out there. Now, the application is for every person in every role. But let me talk to the fathers for a second. Dads, are, are you in attendance in your home? Are you present? Just like we need your presence here, your family needs your presence in their home. Do you attend upon and spend time with the Lord so that you can then attend upon your family? And when you're present, are you actually there with them? The Bible says those are two different things. In Exodus 24, 12, when the Lord calls Moses up to give him the, the testimony of the tables, the Lord said unto Moses, come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. He says, come up into the mount with me and be there. You see, those are two separate things. And I think a lot of times in our homes we're, we're in the room, but we're not there. That, that can be true. Are, and, and so not only are you present, you need to be present, you need to be there. Are you prepared? Have you spent time to learn your family? Do you know your wife? Because 1 Peter 3, 7 tells us to, it says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, our wives, according to knowledge. We're to know them. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, being heirs together in the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. And wives, this same thing applies to you on a different level. Do you know your husband and how, how to respect him? But I'm talking to the dads for a second. So do you know your wife? Do you study your kids and what they need from you? Are you engaged with them? Do you participate with them in life and listen and in ministry? Do you lead them then in the ways of the Lord? Do they see your passion in that? And do you lead them to the Lord? 1 Peter 3.20 is a great verse, all the, hearkening back about Noah. And it says, this, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. And that's a great story there. And, you know, Noah preached for a long time, right? Those 120 years. Nobody listened except who? Except his family. I mean, no one else would listen. His family were saved because of, of Noah's influence on them. How much influence do you have over your kids and leading your kids? And if you're a parent, let me just say, your number one goal in life should be for your kids to get saved. And that's way more important than them being good at sports. It's way more important than them being the smartest kid in the room. It's way more important than anything else. Lead them according to what the Bible says is important. So that's a family example of our path of growth. But listen, you can apply this at your job. You can apply this at your school, wherever God has you and whatever role you're in. So where are you at? Where are you at with what you've heard these past three weeks? The path of growth is for you because our vision is from God. And we have a mission to accomplish. And the time is short. Our life is about something so much bigger than just us individually. And I want you to be a part in all we're doing and where we're going. And it's, listen, for me, it's been a fun ride. It's, I think it's going to continue to be. I just want you to part. I don't want you to miss it. So join a life group. Commit to attendance. Find your spot. If you don't know how or what to do, talk to a pastor. Talk to a life group leader. Talk to your discipler. Sign up for discipleship if you haven't. What is your next step? What is the next thing for you to do? Listen for opportunities. You're going to hear more in the coming days as we move into 2023. There's an opportunity here for you. Find your spot. Let's do it together. And let's turn this world upside down. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that, for your clarity in, in the mission. You, you, don't, you don't make us guess in what you've 
commanded us to do. You've given us the great commission to fulfill. And, and that's been consistent. Physically, you did that with Adam, even at the beginning, the first son of God. And Lord, now we have the, the commission to spiritually reproduce ourselves and reproduce your life and other people. And Lord, we do that as we build upon the foundation of your word, as we exalt it, as we edify each other. As we are equipped, as we learn and we engage and, and we lead others and into a relationship with you and we have evangelized not just here but all over the world. Lord, that's a mission. That's something so much bigger than us. We need your help. We can only do it through you. So help us to be the people we need to be, be the church that we need to be so that you can be glorified, that we worship you and what we do, and how we do it, and Lord, we see you use us in amazing ways, ways that we could never dream about, that, we, that everybody would look and say, boy, that, they're, a, they're a bunch of losers, I don't even, you, but it has to be God. And so, Lord, that's us. Uh, that's me, for sure. I, I shouldn't speak for anyone else, but that's certainly me. And Lord, use us through your power, for your own glory. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.